from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. I'm your host, Tanya Sam, and today's guest is the Senior Security Engineer at Atlassian. He has experience in business and research development and is a highly accomplished executive in Intel, telecom, financial, and professional services industry. Money Movers, please welcome Samuel Sentogo. Hi, Samuel. How are you? Thanks, Tanya. Happy to be here and uh, happy to speak on this podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, so, Samuel, first of all, I need to know where are you? Call- where are you right now? Where are you located? Oh, great question. I'm calling from sunny Sydney, Australia, here, and I'm based out of about seven years now. Seven years. Okay, I think this is the furthest podcast guest we've had, Sydney, Australia, literally down under the other side of the world. So, welcome. I love yes. a good first. 
Ah, thank you. And have it be and, and talk more about what I've been doing and how best I can support Money Move and Green Move. Yes. Well, I want to start off and if you could just tell um, our audience a little bit more about you. You have a long history in cybersecurity and tech. And, you know, oftentimes people listen to this podcast and, you know, my experience is I was a nurse and I've sort of transitioned into technology. Um, how did you get into tech? Yes, that's a great story to start. So starting from, I've been here seven years in Sydney, Australia, but originally I'm from Uganda. So I grew ah. up and lived in and grew up in Uganda, that's in East Africa. Um, mm -hmm. I come from a family of, of, of servants, so we have, and that was my entry into tech. So, wow. Yeah, the way I describe it is by electronics and being surrounded by um, all sorts of computer magazines. And it was my father who actually introduced me to tech. He was. Oh, I love um, this. Yeah. Such a such a good story, you know. My dad too grew up in Ghana, West Africa, and again, I was all he was a, a doctor, so he came to Canada on a scholarship to go to med school. So I was always surrounded by doctors, and so it was like a very yeah. natural path for me to go into medicine. So it feels like the same is for you. You were surrounded by all these engineers, um, yes. you know, with obviously a lot of discipline to get through school and stuff. So this mm -hmm. was a natural progression for you. So you studied in Uganda, or did you? Is that when you moved to? Australia? Ah, there's there another place I went to. So I, I studied in Uganda for my high school and then I moved to Malaysia to study electronics engineering. So as a backstory to that, um, I, I wanted to do cybersecurity and do hacking because of inspiration of a movie called Hackers. But I, I loved that thing. movie! <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as you say, the discipline, they said, nope, yeah, and you're going to do engineering because <laughs> It's, it's what we see that has worked and everyone is doing well. So I went to study in Malaysia. Wow. Okay. So that's, you know, quite a journey. You went from Uganda to Malaysia. You studied engineering, did your degree there. And, you know, there's, it's funny when you talk about hackers in that movie, because I loved it too. I was really influenced by it, but I actually didn't know anyone who was a hacker at that time. I wish I did. I might've been driven into technology earlier, but it's kind of like there's good hackers, bad hackers. And so you've sort of positioned yourself. You're on the, on, on the white hat side. You are a cybersecurity as you like to protect networks and enterprise. Um, tell us what really, you know, Tell us about your journey into tech, your first jobs, and you know what really drew you to the enterprise level. So while I was, while I was at university, I was I was studying engineering, and to be honest, I really wasn't enjoying it, but I was just going through the motions. And one of the courses I took electives was computers and networking. Mm -hmm. And the lecturer was actually moonlighting as a cybersecurity consultant for these different organizations. So he was speaking one day and said, "Hey, by the way, do you know?" that um, I get to do this and I get paid such and such. So I was like, oh, what? You so mean actually, <laughs> actually get paid? Because the only hackers I knew were from the movies and they were the bad guys. And they, yeah, so I knew more as of a illegal activity. So yeah, um, he pretty much took me under his wing and said, yes, if you come and do this work for me and take these and these certifications. So coming up early in the game, one of the chief calls they give to everyone is um, do your certifications because that gives you a yeah so i was just doing certification I started so wait these certifications that you were doing yeah. samuel let me interrupt you these so you're you had an engin engineering degree already and you were also doing additional certifications to sort yes. of buffer your resume and and really understand the industry because i think that's no. really important because you know sometimes people think okay i'm going to go to school i'm going to get a degree 
Um, and then that's it. I'm going to find a job and I'm just going to work in it. But it's it, to be in tech is and to be on the technical side. Right. Um, yeah. And I want to say this because there's a lot of different ways people can get into tech. You know, you're um, you know, you've had a long set of career, but you are really interesting to me because you are highly technical, but you are constantly honing and learning your skills. Because when you actually look at how tech evolves, the hackers on the other side of the pond, wherever they are, they're constantly learning how to better hack and how to hack into networks. Yes, so right. it's like the fight, the fight never stops. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like you stayed, or even up to now, you continue learning, like even to the bond program. And I just try to keep updated by, by speaking at conferences as well. But like mm -hmm. you said, uh, trying to show that, hey, I'm, 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 I'm up at this level. And also, you can also participate in conferences and have like um, their competitions where you can show off your skills and do that. So that's one of the things I did as well was um, speaking to recruiters. So I was cold calling companies, cold emailing, even if they didn't have a vacancy, I was just emailing people and saying, hey, I'm available. Like if there's an opportunity that come up and yeah, and that's how I got my first floor. Someone say, why don't you come over and see what you have to do? And and that's, yeah, that's pretty much how I started. You know, and it, it's, it's, it's honestly these tiny little secrets, tips and tricks, because, you know, people think, okay, I'm going to go to school and the job's just going to land in my lap. But you have to do the work. You've got it. You yeah. are actively out there emailing people. You're looking up jobs. Um, how was it now? Are you in Malaysia at this time? Are you able to go out and network to find these jobs? Or are you using the internet and just looking for jobs globally? Yes, um, I, I was primarily using the internet globally. So give you more history as well. My sister at that time was living and working in Canada. Woo woo, I'm Canadian. Yeah. She said something to me at that time that hit me. She said, one in a million chance to get a role. Then I suggest you email one million times. So that's what I did. So, <laughs> that so, is I, was so pretty much, um, I was pretty much waking up every day, trolling through the, through the internet, finding cyber security roles, or finding professional services firms, finding telecommunication firms, looking to emailing the HR. And this was even pre-LinkedIn. So you didn't even have this social network. So it was all yes. about emails. Yeah. Some people replied, some didn't, some, um, I faced some challenges because I didn't have like working rights in those countries I wanted to be in. Yep. But um, as, as an anecdote to that, I applied for a company in Australia and they're like, hey, Sam, we actually like what you're doing and we actually have, we are setting up a company in Malaysia. So why don't you come and work for a company in Malaysia, it's more like a branch and we'll see what you can do for you. And that's how it started. So I pretty much went and worked for them in, in, in Malaysia. And then when the time was right, that's when I moved to Australia. Australia. And I just love this because, you know, everyone thinks, oh, first job, I, I just meet the right person and I get it. But sometimes it takes hundreds of emails, hundreds of outreach. Yeah. And and this is the thing you can't get you can't get discouraged. You've got to just keep moving and keep your sister was right when she said, hey, if you think it's going to take if you have a one in a million chance, like well, then that's how many emails you're going to have to send. All right. So now you've got this job. You're in Malaysia. It's an Australian. It's an Australian company. company um, yes. What what's come next? Because you've kind of evolved your career. You've worked in enterprise. You've worked in a lot of corporations. How have you been able to really move up the ladder throughout the years? Yes. Um, thanks, Tanya. And that's something I've, I've been learning myself and growing and speaking to different people. So. Anecdote I've found in, in my experience is that as you move up the ladder, the opportunities you're looking for or the opportunities you want, you might have to create these opportunities for yourself. Yeah. And what I mean by this is 
if there's a role you're looking for in your organization, you might have to either define this role for yourself or even make a business case. Mm-hmm. Um, unnecessarily, the role you might be looking for might necessarily be, not be on LinkedIn, but it might be through friends, through your network. So it goes to say that as you go higher and higher, the network game becomes stronger and you have to work on, um, yes, you definitely have to work on creating the role you're looking for rather than just trolling through LinkedIn or Seek. And, yeah. The other thing that I, I, I'm super proud of your journey is too, is just the global outlook that you have. And obviously you're born in Uganda, um, you know, you were, you traveled abroad for school and stuff, but I also want a lot of our listeners here, the Greenwood audience, the Money Moves audience now, the Gathering Spot and the Valence audience yeah. to understand that opportunity sometimes isn't in your back door. It's everywhere. And that is what is so beautiful. I think COVID has taught us that we can work from home. We can work from globally. You know, a lot of people are allowing us to work remote, but seeking opportunities that are outside of Mm. the U.S. um, is probably been really incredible for you. And I'm I'm glad to share that story because I think it just gives people the courage to look outside of, you know, their backyard. Yeah, definitely. And and I can say that with COVID, a lot of the programs and some of the opportunities you get to move to a more virtual setting. So mm-hmm. I can give a Dev Color and the and the bonds program. So when the Dev Color program within the city, so you have to be part of the major cities. Um Dev Color is an organization for black software engineers. So they you have to be within the major cities like New York, San Francisco. But once they opened it up and became more global and that that gave me the opportunity to become a part of this and gave mm-hmm. me access and network organizations. Through that as well, I've worked with a couple of um, VCs as well in Africa. And yes, just pretty much a global outreach, I would say. I really appreciate that. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your role right now as a security engineer at, at, at Atlassian. Um, just, I, I, I like to ask people, like, what do you do in your day job? Because I think it inspires other people. You remember watching Hackers and you're like, that's yes. so cool. And there's people listening today who'll be like, okay, well, what does Sam do all day? Okay, you know what? I might want to do that. Yes, uh, thanks for that, Tanya. The way I describe my role to everyone is, um, I call it marriage counseling between developers and security engineers. So we have this. So um, th th there's always this kind of um, narrative that we as security people come in and say no, 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 and and the developers always try and build out these new features and do all these sorts of awesome things. So I come in as as a sort of bridge to come and say that hey, this is not we are more an enabler of business. Um, the way I describe my role is I partner with engineers day to day. So they are rolling out new features. They're coming up with all these ideas, and we give them the environment. How can you do this in a safe, secure manner for the organization? Risk as well. So we are, yeah, it's more of like a risk mitigator. But um, not only that, but I also do get technical that here and, and help out where I can. I love that. That's great. Okay, next question. I want to talk about network because network has been really interesting. And, you know, you're on this podcast because you're part of our family, the Greenwood family, the Money Moves family, um, the Gathering Spot, and now Valence. Tell us yeah. how you got connected with Valence. Yeah, so I, I got connected with Valence around the, um, I would say around 2020. Um, as, as, as part of Dev Color organization, some put a call out and say, hey, there's this, organi this organization trying to set something up for black executives. And I felt that that was a gap I was, I was not having, like that sense of community and sense of people to speak to on a day, have this sense of, of gathering. And, mm -hmm. and that's how I heard about them. Now, I reached out to I reached out to Tracy at that time and said, hey, I'm being part of Australia, but I'd really like to get this opportunity and, and expand my network. And it has been a blessing ever since really helpful and i've met so many interesting people as well um one anecdote i can give is that there are a couple that the founder who was in america was looking for support for their startup and i actually mm -hmm. through my contacts here in australia i managed to get them funding for that for their startup as well so wow that just, that's a yeah. success story 
Yeah, so that's an amazing success story because um, I leveraged some of my content in Africa as well to give them that uh, necessary funding they, they needed to move to the next level. Wow, Sam, that is a really great success story. Um, okay, there's so many ways I want to go. I'm loving this conversation. But one thing no. I want to talk about, especially because both of both of you and I have like an African heritage. And on Money yeah. Moves, you know, one of our goals is to talk about how we can sort of shift and change the financial outlook for our community. Yeah. Growing up in Uganda, talk about, you know, the conversations you had at home with your parents in terms of financial independence, um, what it meant to, you know, create generational wealth. Like, was this mm. something that you guys talked about in your home or is it, you know, just an assumed conversation? Yeah, um, yeah, I'd love to talk about that, definitely. Um, coming up in my family, it wasn't something we talked about. Um, I never had these discussions with my friends about money. So Me neither. So um, having up all that, all that, I now have more frank and open discussions with them. Mm -hmm. The ones always um, leading the example. So my dad actually, what happened was he was in Uganda and then started his own business. So he's running his own business, and actually my sister and brother now work for him. So he has his own company, he's an entrepreneur in his own right, and he has this is a business that has paid for school fees, paid for weddings, and paid for everything. So mm -hmm. when I look at it from that lens, much as he didn't talk about um, generational wealth, he was through his actions and what he has done, he has definitely yeah. set us up for the, for the future. And, and that's what I'm looking for, to be honest. For me right now, it's about, um, I've come to bigger than me. So mm -hmm. setting up things for the future, for my family, and also my family right now, and those people after me. So as I keep on telling you, it's like legacy, 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 so. Oh, I love that. And, and you know, legacy is something that I think it's so important to all of us and the older we get you know when you're young it's like you're young and fancy free yeah but you get to this point when you start thinking differently and that shift to being like okay well what does legacy mean to me um yes. you know and it, it it sort of goes both ways um for me it's it's about also you know making my parents proud um but also you know the the generation to come for you and so i i really appreciate i really appreciate you sharing that and your thoughts on that um okay as we sort of end up tell me what's next like how do you plan out the next pieces of your career and sort of use the tools that you have whether it's again your network or valence like as you look at legacy what does it look like in 20 years from now thanks for that question tanya so i look at legacy and i look through through that lens of instead of thinking like what is years or decades yeah. to come i start to think of um how can i make these investments whether in myself or these different pieces I want to work in mm -hmm. that can either outlast me or just set me up for the future. Mm -hmm. So some of the things I think about is like um, investing and that's through investment, whether that's through stocks, that's through real estate. Um, some things we don't talk about as coming from African heritage is yeah. um, estate, estate planning. So it's not like life insurance, what happens um, when someone dies, um, how to speed that up. And just, I, I really want to bring in this culture of financial literacy just within my generation. So speaking about money openly, and mm -hmm. to be honest, when I, I got an example, when I was trying to get a loan for the first time, I didn't have anyone to speak to, and I just had to like use Google or speak to my friends, but I would like to change that narrative and actually have um, other things I'm thinking about is like, not only that, but investing in myself as well. Mm -hmm. So that's where that through going through exercise, taking care of myself, eating well, um, you also have programs like so you have like gathering sports. So 
right now I view myself as um, in terms of my earnings potential, like the sky's the limit. So I'm yes. also investing in myself as well. So I love that the sky is the limit. That that means a lot because you know, I think we just to have that outlook propels us forward. Not just step yeah. by step, but it just helps us to think like the sky is the limit, you know? And no matter where you come from, no matter where you are, the, mm. this beautiful world and the global networks networks that we are forming, the sky is the limit. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, if I may add one thing, first time, when I got my first checking check, I was like, oh my God, this is the biggest thing ever. Yeah. And then I, I got my second check and I was like, oh my God, like, I don't think I'll ever end. And then you get your third check and you're like, oh my, like it just keeps on getting, and I'm like, and before, when I started getting that, I had that kind of surviving mentality that I might never yes. ever get the same check again. But now yes. I've shifted that thought to like, now, so I'm like, yes, the sky is the limit and there's more. So just when I think I've hit the ceiling, there's another ceiling to go through. So it's it has changed my lens definitely when I think of that. Oh, isn't that so true? I will never forget, you know, after graduating from school, I started off in school, I did two degrees and then I got my first like real paycheck um, as a registered nurse. And here, I don't know if this is the same as true, but in, in our household in Ghana, you would have to give your first check back to your parents to say yes. as a thank you. And so my dad always used to tell me this. And then when I graduated and I got my first paycheck, he came and he had his hand out. And I said, no, wait, are you serious? I thought it was just a joke. This was one of those old, old, old these old tales that you tell, you know? And he was like, come on. And I actually had to give it to him, but I remember trying to part with it being like, oh my gosh, I, this money, this money. And it was so yeah. great. But you know, it, it propelled you to just be like, I can do this again and again. Okay. And this is the thing about scale, because I think one of the things in our community as well is people look at their jobs as just limiting, right? And so this is the yeah. amount of money I can make every day if I punch into this job. but. I think as I, I unpack what you're saying is you're like, I'm looking at this from, I have my job, but I can better myself and that will increase my earning potential. I can make investments. I'm learning about yes. stocks and being able to multiply that. And this is what I think as we start to look at how we can create generational wealth, it's not just about the job that you clock into. Mm, absolutely. You know, we have to educate ourselves to find other ways to diversify our incomes. And it yes. doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you know, an entrepreneur and you're running all these businesses, but there's a lot of ways that you can do it, whether you're in a corporation, um, you know, as an engineer, et cetera. So I, I really applaud you for sharing that because I think, again, you know, I'm going back yeah. to the words of you said about your dad, right? Your dad led by example, you're leading by example and sharing those stories. I think at a certain age of social media, you compare yourselves, whether I like it or not, someone mm -hmm. else and say, well, I, why can't I be like this person? Or this person has multiple streams of income or why can't I set up a business and do this? And you start getting your head, but I actually realized that um, only, uh, only you can be the best version of you, so. Okay, my last question as we take us out, can you share how it is, you know, um, the African-American experience is very different from probably growing up in Uganda, Malaysia, but you've taken these leaps and you've traveled the world as a black man, you know, getting educated in Malaysia, you're now working in Australia. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Because I think from what you said, it sounded very positive. I'm not gonna put words in your mouth. It's, it sounded very positive. You've been able to expand your network, but I'm sure it hasn't been easy. But um, I think this is a story that I would like others to hear to give them the courage to maybe take the leaps that you've that you've taken um, and the journeys that you've you've traveled down. 
thanks for that. Um, definitely, it hasn't been easy. Um, like as as you move from country to country, there are different, I would say, cultural differences, and you definitely come across these stumbling blocks. I've had, even some of my earlier roles, I've had um, situations where I was challenged as just just on the basis of my skin color, but um, I won't go into those details, but it's safe to say, say that you come from a history and a long line of entrepreneurs and people have done this before. Mm -hmm. So even when you think that you're facing these obstacles, I would suggest that you push through. Just push through and keep it moving. And, and, and believe me, when you keep, people see that strength, and they, I keep on saying there's a great strength and privilege in just being you. And... Um, yeah, just keep it pushing. I don't know if I answered that question. That's perfect. I mean, that's the truth. It's just keep it. What you what I love that you said is like, keep it pushing. If it were easy, everybody would do it. But people yeah. see the strength in pushing through. And I think that's what makes people gravitate to be wanting to help you, wanting to, you know, see you succeed. People see the strength in pushing through. Yeah, absolutely. And when you like... When you have that presence and that glow about yourself, everyone gravitates towards you because they want mm -hmm. they still have some man who's keeping you pushing. Then you also you have to take time to, to rest and recuperate and mental wellness. But yeah, definitely if you keep it pushing and, and keep on keep at it, that definitely everything will fall into place. Um and, and, and that's what I can say about my experience. Oh, oh, Sam, I love that. And, and that's a whole nother podcast episode, balancing mental health and rest and being able to, you know, balance drive and um, the pursuit of excellence with being able to find, you know, some sp sort of rest and respite. But Sam, it's been yeah. great having you on the podcast today. This has been a great conversation. Before we go, Samuel, can you please share where folks can follow you on social media um, so that they can stay in touch with your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So um, can find me on LinkedIn. Names are Samuel Sentongo. And if you're looking for me, can as well email. So sentongo at cbd.com. Thank you so Thank much. You. This was truly a journey. And I am also very excited by our first Australian call-in. We are global now, folks. Um, and if we have helped you to make your money move, please make sure to let us know by sending us a like, sharing the knowledge, and or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure to tune in Monday through Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves Podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve. Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. 
David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.